Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Folks, you know, I mentioned this story the other day because it's emblematic of a big problem that's occurring right now, in particular in Europe. Uh, and it's it's representative of a problem that I think Canada can be a part of the solution. of. Now, it, it involves uh, energy, specifically natural gas. The, the Brits are set to receive a shipment, a rather rare shipment of liquefied natural gas from Australia. So given the situation in the UK at the moment, uh, they are reaching out to other producers. And that includes faraway Australia. So if natural gas from Australia could be a part of the solution in the UK and, and in the rest of Europe, why can't LNG from Canada? Now, next week, Germany's chancellor is going to be visiting our country, and LNG exports are certainly going to be a part of the conversation. The problem is we really only have one major project that's in the works. And look, it's a big one. Let's let's not get that wrong. It's a big project, but it is on the West Coast. And that's pretty much it. Unfortunately, there's nothing really in the works on the East Coast, nothing really in the works beyond LNG Canada on Canada's West Coast. Clearly, we're seeing right now the need, the economic need, the political need, given what's happening in in Europe and uh, what Russia's up to and, in, in, you know, trying to to uh, extend its influence over the continent to try to hold back natural gas shipments right now as a part of those efforts. We're, we're not really in a position to help. Unfortunately, there's a new report out today from the Public Policy Forum on why Canada needs to be a part of the solution, why Canada's gas needs to become the world's gas. Joining us to talk more about it this morning, very pleased to welcome to the program one of the contributors to this report, David Campbell, is policy lead at the Public Policy Forum. David, great to have you with us here today. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Give us a bit more, as you see it, of the context, what's happening globally, why why there needs to be some urgency to this issue. Yeah, well, as, as you talked about, Canada, Canada's gas is some of the lowest carbon gas in the world. I think when we think of fossil fuels, often we lump all fuels together. But gas from a starting point is already much lower uh, emissions intense than, say, coal, which they're burning a lot of in China, which they're just starting to burn more of in Europe because of that energy crunch that they're under. And even compared with other gas sources, Canada's is at much lower emissions. So there's a real opportunity if we can get our gas out into the world that not only is that doing a favor to Canada that we get, you know, this export and the economic benefits that comes with that, but we're also supporting energy security in Europe and we're helping climate goals around the world as well. Yeah, and as you say, so it really runs the gamut in terms of, you know, why this is a priority. The economic one is is there and, and is obvious. Certainly right now, you look at natural gas prices here in North America versus, you know, globally, there's there's a big discount for Canadian producers because we're not able to access those global markets. But beyond that, as the report describes here, we're, we're talking about at some level a moral choice. A lot of these issues go well beyond economics, don't they? That's totally right. And but I think what's interesting about this report is, you know, Public Policy Forum, we're a national think tank. We have members uh, all across the country, whether they be governments, indigenous groups, private sector. And so this report reflects that. 
we really found that there was a national consensus around the need to get more gas beyond our borders. So whether that's, uh, you know, these plants on the western coast, um, these LNG facilities that are uh, looking to be built, whether that's the same thing on the east coast, whether that's in Ontario, where gas plays a really important domestic role, we found all across the country that there's a recognition of the role that Canada can play here. When it comes to the environment, it's an interesting dilemma because you mentioned, uh, you know, our, our high standards when it comes to natural gas. Uh, these projects, though, can add to domestic uh, emissions, but at the same time, we can help lower emissions elsewhere. We seem sort of stuck in, in this dilemma. That's right. And there's, um, you know, there's some interesting discussions right now internationally about how to do that, whether you, you know, come up with some sort of bilateral agreements that, uh, you know, that sort out how you might share the emissions that are produced. Um, because, yeah, in some senses, it doesn't make sense that Canada could produce more gas, be contributing to lowering emissions around the world, but actually be setting back our own domestic climate targets in the process. Uh, so I think that's a really important part of this. And we discussed that a bit in the report, the different ways that you might find workarounds to, to allow us to make these exports without setting back our own domestic targets. So how do we move forward? I mean, you know, to, to move forward with LNG Canada, that, that was a, a prolonged debate. Uh, it, I mean, I, I, it is still an ongoing debate. Uh, this is a project mm-hmm. that's still in the works. I mean, it's a massive project. It's going to have huge benefits, but it's been very difficult to get that to the finish line. So what are the obstacles uh, to, to more projects like that? Yeah. And, you know, when you look 10 years ago, uh, Canada and the U.S. were both in the same position as not really having any LNG ports. Ten years later, the the United States has several, and Canada has still yet to build our first one. Now, as you say, there's uh, LNG Canada on the West Coast is close to being finalized, should be within the next few years. There are a few others as well that have been proposed on that coast. Now, I think what you're seeing is an increasing awareness that there could be opportunities on the East Coast of Canada as well. And, uh, you know, the Prime Minister and the German Chancellor will be meeting in Newfoundland uh, next week to talk about exactly that. So I think there is a growing awareness here. In terms of what's needed, I think what's needed most is some confidence in industry that the public and the government are going to be behind them, that they can make these sort of long-term investment decisions and know that the rug isn't going to get pulled out from them in the future. Uh, because exactly as, as we talked about, that um, you know it might present challenges to Canada's climate goals if you look at it narrowly. But when you look at it uh, from a global perspective, this can play a huge role in, in reducing global emissions and helping to combat climate change. So that's what's really needed is a bit more acknowledgement of this consensus that we found in this report exists. We, we need to do more to promote that and to uh, share that story. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Part of this, this story, and, and the report touches on it, the importance of First Nations involvement in all of this. You know, the coastal gasoline pipeline, which is part of LNG Canada, has been a bit of a flashpoint. But, you know, I think it can also, it represents what, what is possible in terms of, you know, those kinds of partnerships with First Nations communities. So talk about how this needs to be a, a part of the path forward. That, that's exactly right. That's one of the defining features of Canadian gas. I mean, in the report, we talk about high ESG gas. ESG being environmental, social, and governance goals. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about the environment. Canada also leads on many of these other dimensions that we care about, including reconciliation with Indigenous peoples. Um, You know, there's very diverse opinions among Indigenous peoples, as with any other population, uh, as to, uh, you know, support for these kind of projects. But these projects that have gone ahead on the West Coast in terms of LNG have been some of the leaders nationally and globally in terms of reconciliation, in terms of um, not just collaborating with Indigenous peoples, but actually offering equity stakes in the projects, um, which is a big way of showing, you know, real partnership, not just uh, not just nice words. And so I think continuing to do that can continue to set Canadian gas apart from some of the other supplies around the world. What about the concern, though, that we've we've missed the opportunity? The time to do all of this was 10 years ago. The need is now. Anything we're able to come up with is is years and years away. Is that an excuse for inaction? Well, look, the, the International Energy Agency, which is kind of the top authority on these things, in their projections say that gas demand around the world in 2050 will be 30% higher than it is today, even in a net zero world. So, you know, there's... The timeline on these things is not that short. Certainly, uh, we would wish that we had made decisions quicker, built LNG facilities in the last decade, but building them in the next decade, there will still be a long time horizon for investors to get their money back, for that gas to get out around the world, um, and, and really, you know, help Canada play a role in helping with the energy transition. You know, I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, or even 10 years ago, I don't know that we would have uh, forecast what is happening right now in Europe. Uh, it certainly seems to have marked a bit of a turning point in, in this conversation, or at least maybe been a wake-up call at some level, I, I think, here in this country. So we've got the visit by the German Chancellor next week, and, and there, this is going to be a big focus. So how big of an impact would you say, you know, the last even just six months have been? I think it's completely changed the conversation because it's really shown the importance of energy security. As we transition our energy systems, which we have to do, I think, um, you know, Everyone or close to everyone agrees that we have to get to a net zero world to protect our planet. But along the way, we have to also keep energy prices affordable. We have to keep energy reliable and make sure that people have access to it. The threats in Europe have shown exactly or or the the crisis over there has shown the risks that come. um, You know, if you depend on a single supplier who's unreliable, as as much of Europe did with Russia's gas. Um, if you transition your systems really quickly and don't have a backup plan in place. So I think it has completely changed the conversation, really, in terms of making people recognize that energy security is a crucial aspect of getting through this energy transition. 
Well, the important new report is called a Leadership Blueprint for Canada's High ESG Gas. Uh, it's uh, posted, uh, folks can read it for themselves, ppform.ca. David, thank you so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All the best. Uh, there you go. That is David Campbell. He's policy lead of the Public Policy Forum, a contributor to this report, uh, which comes at a very interesting time. We've got some big decisions to make as a country.